Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey, public podcast listeners. I hope you guys are doing well today. I want to take today's episode to discuss something that feels extremely vulnerable even though I've already posted on Instagram but uh it's gonna it's gonna talk about how I recently didn't binge and purge which I know may sound odd to you um because you're listening and this is a bulimia recovery podcast all those things but um I've been really always open and honest about the fact that I still struggle with urges from time to time especially when I'm pushed to extreme bouts of stress or extreme pressures and this these past few months has they've been a very uh transitionary time for for me uh very stressful i'm moving in less than two weeks now to a new life um (laughs) to a new single life and all those things and it's just kind of a wild time for me so it makes sense that i would be experiencing more urges and stuff like that but yeah the urges for me have never necessarily gone away they've just gotten much fainter over time and much more easy to deal with like i have never um, for a long time, it hasn't been a strong, strong urge, like a legitimate want to do, want to binge and purge urge. It's usually been a very much so side thought suggestion. Like it'd be kind of an, like an intrusive thought, like wonder what would happen if I started screaming in the middle of this elevator with the people in it, you know, and you don't do those thoughts, right? Hopefully other people have those thoughts. It's not just me, but you don't act upon them and then you can just move on and you almost think that's weird. That's what um, my urges to either binge or purge would sound like of, oh, we could do that. And then it's like, well, we're not going to do that. And then we move on. But um, I posted this on Instagram. So if you do want to check out the post I'm referring to, on Monday, I almost binge and perch. And it's the closest I've been in years to doing that. And I think actually when I first recorded the podcast uh, in 2020, a few weeks after the first episode aired, I think there was an episode where I talked about how I was experiencing really strong urges again. So uh, it's not the only time that it's happened, but this is the first time in a while. And I'll just run down what happened. But firstly, the point of this episode is I want to share with you how I didn't binge and purge, all the reasons I didn't do it and kind of the process I went through. And I'll put some caveats in there because I'm, I haven't binged and purged in a long time. So I think it's been four years now, uh, which is, which is a while. So, uh, and it doesn't mean that this wasn't extremely difficult for me. Uh, so don't just dismiss my journey, but also know that some of the concepts I talk about, um, maybe they're going to seem easier to me than they are to you because I've been practicing it longer. That's really all there is to it there. Um, but anyway, yeah. But what happened on Monday was I was uh, actually, my anxiety was just very high. And I do think part of it contributed to the fact that I didn't exercise all weekend. I hadn't exercised in three days and I really didn't move around much. I was just basically packing up my stuff and organizing things, hauling things to goodwill and just um, putting things up on Facebook Marketplace and like listing my furniture for sale and all that sort of stuff. Fun, fun stuff that I absolutely love. Uh, No, I hate admin stuff like that. So stressful, but then I was very sedentary that weekend. So I think that also contributed to my stress, maybe some PMS too, that sort of thing. But Monday, work day, 
and I had I wanted to go to the grocery store I needed some pop and some other things so I was just feeling high anxiety didn't want to do work and so I went to the grocery store instead and as I was walking past the baked goods section um, and near the area where in our grocery store they always put sale baked goods at the you know near the back doors and uh, I saw just the containers and all of a sudden it was like heart racing I really want to binge and purge right now. And it was mainly from this feeling, like my anxiety was just so high from the moment I woke up. And I haven't experienced this type of anxiety in a while too. For a while, when I was living in Florida too, I'd wake up just in a panic of everything I needed to do and every possible thing that I should be doing or things that I'm stressed about would just flood my mind. And it was one of those days where I woke up like that, just um, freaking out really (laughs) with anxiety. And it had not calm down at all throughout the whole day and so midday I'm in the grocery store I was like I really just want this feeling to go away I can't take this anymore this is an awful awful feeling and I don't want it and I know that binging and purging even though it's not the best would shove that feeling down it would distract me it would be so nice that's what I was looking at and I also thought man I just wish I could eat a bunch of cake and not have any ramifications that was the thought that crossed my mind I'm just trying to be truly honest if that's really triggering to you please just go to a different episode you don't have to listen to this if it's going to harm you more than it's going to help you um but that was the thought. Um, that was kind of the feeling and the reasons that I wanted to. And I literally stopped in the grocery store and stood there and just kind of stared for at least a minute, maybe 30 seconds. I don't know, but it felt like time just kind of stopped and everyone around me, I don't know, it just wasn't there anymore. And I considered it. And it wasn't just a passing thought or anything. It was like, a really, I, I want to do this. Um, so now that I have you there in that scenario, I'm going to tell you all the reasons why I didn't and how I went through that. Um, and I'll actually pull up my notes really quickly. Okay, let me get him here. Okay, so the first reason that I didn't, actually, you know, before I go into the reasons I didn't, I want to walk through, walk you through what I did. The key things that I think helped me not binge and purge in that moment was one, I was aware of the urge and the feeling. I had been there before. It was not my first rodeo, right? And I was very aware of the fact that this feeling, um, I explored it a little bit instead of immediately just being like, we have to shut it down. This is, um, this is too much. I didn't want to experience it and it did feel like too much, but at the same time I knew what it was. I knew it was anxiety. I put a label to the feeling and I also kind of got a little bit curious about the feeling. So when I noticed I had the urge, I first kind of stopped. I didn't keep going. I didn't keep walking through the aisles. I stopped and stared and I considered the urge and where what it would lead to, but I also considered why I wanted to binge and purge. And I knew it was to resolve the feeling and I'll get born to these reasons later, but uh, later, but I knew in that moment that yes, it could resolve the feeling, but it will be never ending and the consequences will probably outweigh the numbing that I'll get from this feeling. And I also knew at some point the anxiety would leave my body. It would go down regardless of whether I binge and purge in that moment. And the reason I know that is from years and years of practice of really knowing, hey, we've been down this road before. I know that the anxiety will eventually go down at some point. So do I want to pay the price of binging and purging right now? And so instead, what I did is I kind of leaned into the emotion and did my best to calm my breathing down just a bit. And then I also walked through what the binging and purging would offer me and not offer me. And then 
I walked away and I walked forward to go get the pop and some lunch meat and then whatever else I needed and get the hell out of there. But it was probably all of this took span, um, took, took the space of 30 seconds to a minute, I think, but it really was what is the feeling? Can we lean into the feeling? Can we tolerate this feeling? Is this worth it? Weighing the pros and cons, really seriously considering what the binge eating regime would offer me versus not offer me and then making a clear, cohesive decision and then moving forward. And I didn't really commit to, I'm never going to binge and purge again and whatever, but I did commit to, I'm not binging and purging right now. This is not happening right now. I just need to get out of this grocery store. And that seemed to help me. So I want to preface that as well. It wasn't like a full, I'm never going to do this. It was just right now we don't want to, and that's all we can commit to at this moment. Now I want to talk in a bit more detail about why I didn't and really the thought processes that went down um, during the weighing the pros and the cons and that kind of two or uh, 30 seconds to one minute pause that I did. And for those of you guys that are kind of wondering, I teach something in the course and to my clients called the pause and people either love it or hate it. But when you want to binge and purge, I always tell people, give yourself a full two minute pause with full permission to continue afterwards to halt momentum and stop and regulate yourself a little bit before you decide to binge or not binge. And you can always binge afterwards if you want to. And that's how I got myself to pause initially. It's like, you can totally binge afterwards. We just need to take this moment. And what it does, I think the most beneficial part of it is it just makes time stop and helps you not keep going, hurtling really in the direction you're you're hurtling and gives you a choice back. Gives you a little bit of something to hold on to, get your feet back on the ground before you keep on going. It's not a guaranteed you're not you're not gonna not binge, right? But it does help you know that if you're going to binge, you can do it because you want to versus you have to or because you just can't stop. It's really beneficial. Um, and so I've talked about it in many different episodes before. I think in most episodes I mention it at least once, but uh, I think the first few episodes actually have a, a clear breakdown of the pause method and kind of why it's so effective. So if you want to check that out, go for it. Um, I think it's maybe the second episode I did, and then there's many more after that. But here are the reasons why I didn't binge and purge ultimately um, Monday. One is that the price seemed worse than the benefit, meaning I knew that if I binge and purged, it might have helped. It might have actually been a true effective method in that moment. And that's why it was so tempting and why it could have been just great, you know? But I knew that it would be a short-lived effect and I don't even know how good it really would have been. And um, I felt like the price I'd pay is I would reopen the door. I would get back into the habit of binging and purging. I knew I, I can't be one of those people. I can't just purge once. It's going to be again and again and again. And I saw it like staring in the barrel of a gun. Just if you do this, you're breaking the door wide open. And it's not to say that because I've had clients relapse sometimes, like it happens. You can get through a relapse, but I just didn't want to go through the trouble of going through a relapse. You know, it just didn't seem worth it. It's like, oh my God, that's going to be so much work. Once you've reopened the door, you then have to compartmentalize. Why are you justified it? Then not justifying it again. Right now I was standing on the other side of the door and being like, no, it's not okay here. But if I go through the door, finding my way back is going to be extremely difficult and I just don't want to go there. Um, the price, I also thought about how 
it's never going to be truly satisfying. Something that that's the price you pay with binging and purging, especially sugary foods and all that sort of stuff, is you think it's going to satisfy you. You think it's going to be enough. But then the next day you want it again and again and again and again, and it never stops. So I felt like opening the door would be opening the door to another addiction and my life and ruining things and, and uh, making me feel worse, ultimately, all this sort of stuff. But it also would make me desire binging and purging on a level that I hadn't desired it for a long, long time. Because even when I wanted to in in the grocery store, it wasn't, it was bad. It was definitely, I don't want to make it seem like I didn't want it, but I still hadn't actually tried the forbidden fruit, right? So I was like, I still have a chance of getting out of here, right? I haven't actually done the drug. So let's just not do the drug in the first place. You You can't want what you don't know you don't have, right? So I just didn't want to go there. I didn't want to open it up again. Um, it felt so distant, so faint, much easier. Just like getting distance from an ex, right? That's why they say space is good initially because you just, it's much easier to not go back when you're not talking to them because you're not engaging, you're not remembering any of the good things. And I felt like binging and purging, I could open it and it would just never, ever be enough. And I would continually want it over and over and over again. And then I'd have to re-grapple in my mind why it's never going to be enough and how I just have to stop it. And I ultimately have to be the one. I just didn't want to fucking do that. That's what it was. Um, so the price, the cost of it definitely didn't seem to outweigh the benefit or the, the cost of it certainly outweighed the benefit is what I'm trying to say for a really short-lived high. Um, and then two, I knew that there were better ways. So I wouldn't think about the super, like a whole lot in the grocery store, but I knew ultimately that it wasn't the best way. I was like, there's a reason that people come to me for help with bulimia. There's a reason I left bulimia. It's effective to a very minimal degree. And it's like one of those commercials, one of those medications where, yeah, it solved the problem, but it comes with a whole host of other negative side effects. I think there are much better ways to solve the problem. And I just need to figure out what those ways are. And later that day, I actually went on a long run slash hike. I it was just supposed to be run. And then I was running close to the mountains where I lived. I live in this area where I can just easily like walk off the road onto a mountain trail it's it's amazing but um I just then climbed up the mountain and I sat at the top of the mountain and looked down and as I was sitting there later that evening I'm like wow this is way better than binging and purging this helped me so much more than binging and purging ever could and I can't believe I thought for a split second that this that was the only solution and that was the best solution it's not and I think that's a lie when you're in it that, that people think oh bulimia is the only way I can solve my stress it's just it's the only thing I have it's not it's not it's not the only thing that you have there's so many more better coping skills out there. And I think what is hard about those coping skills is they're just not as convenient. Running and going up a mountain did not feel as convenient. But once I got myself out there, really just once I put on my running clothes and I put on my shoes and I moved my body towards nature, it got easier. So it's just that initial uh, push that you have to give yourself and then it gets better. Okay. And then three, it didn't match my identity. This is an interesting one. And I think this is maybe the one people will kind of roll their eyes at because they don't have my job. But my my entire job is to help people stop binge and purging. So for me, it was kind of, I did think about that. I was like, if I binge and purge now, this is going to be the world's biggest identity crisis. Like if I binge and purge, I have to tell, I have to talk about it. I can't keep this a secret. Or if I do, I'm going to feel like the biggest shit bag ever. I can't do that. So there was an identity um, change. There was an identity crisis there. But furthermore, it wasn't just about the job. I was like, I just don't do this anymore. This isn't who I am. I'm not someone who binges and purges anymore 
do I really want to be that person that does that again? And it was in one of the grocery stores that I would commonly binge and purge at. So it was really interesting to see my old self. It was like my old self was just like standing in the corner watching me, being like, are you going to come back to us? Is this who we're going to be now? And then my new, it was a, a face-off between my old self and my and my new self. And I, even though it was partly my identity with my job, it was much more my identity of, we don't do this anymore. This is not who we are. Do we really want to go back to that door and go back to who we used to be? And why do we not want to do that? And all the reasons that we're discussing here came up. So it was an identity crisis. And I did, I definitely reshaped my identity to someone who we don't binge and merge anymore. It's not what we do. And for you, you don't have to make your whole career about it to change that. You can practice that identity now. You can practice the identity of I'm being a recovered person. I am a recovered person. Every single second, you're not binging and purging, right? You could say, we're not that person anymore. Even if we still slip up, sometimes we're still not that person. We're not the same. The more you practice that identity, I think the easier it is to not re-engage. Okay. Um, and then the fourth thing that helped me quite a bit was knowing that the real reason I wanted to binge and purge had nothing to do with food. I think there was a little bit of food scarcity there. Um, this is one caveat, and I, again, don't want to trigger people. But during this stressful time, it's been harder to eat food. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been more tempting to be restrictive. It's been more tempting to just... Um, avoid food in some ways. And I'm okay. I, my weight has stabilized, stabilized and I'm good. Um, but I think there that builds up a little bit more scarcity with food, especially like sugary, easy energy, that sort of stuff. But I've, I'm working on it and I'm not really concerned about it, right? I'm okay. But uh, this happens during stressful times. That makes sense. So I think there was a little bit of food scarcity, but the majority of the reason that I wanted to binge and purge was because of the awful, awful feeling of anxiety that I was experiencing. Just the heart pounding, wanting to crawl out of my own skin and run away from my body <laughs> anxiety. And it just felt all consuming. It felt like a heavy weight on me. And at the same time, wanting to flee, it just adrenaline. It felt like someone had injected me with adrenaline that I just couldn't get rid of. It was insane. And knowing that helped me realize that the food isn't actually the problem and the food isn't going to solve the problem. It might just blunt the effects of the anxiety, but really I think it's because I need to get this energy out. I need to regulate this energy in some way. Someone said something or I read something somewhere. I don't know who it was. And I really feel bad for not crediting them, but someone said, thinking, think about anxiety as energy. It's untapped energy. And of course, you know, if you have anxiety that's debilitating, you really should consider talking to psychiatrists, consider um, medications of some sort. A lot of people that are, struggle with high anxiety too like this they have undiagnosed things going on like they possibly possibly have ADHD neurodivergent and they don't know it so there is something to it I'm not just saying you know if you have soul crushing anxiety every day don't get it checked out but for me this is more unusual I've always struggled with anxiety but this was like a very heightened day and I knew okay the feeling is what's provoking me towards the food if that's the case then I just need to learn how to be with the feeling and handle this feeling better and not necessarily push this feeling away, but learn to almost tolerate and allow this feeling into my body for the time being, and then I can move forward. And something I did was I kind of explored the feeling where it was in my body and tried to label it on a scale of one to 10 and how um, how heavy it was, how, how uh, if it was moving or not, if there was pressure or not pressure, just all the little descriptive words. And that made the feeling immediately just a little bit easier to tolerate. It was still intense, still awful, but I knew what was going on. It's kind of like if you go 
go on a roller coaster and you experience the highs and lows of that roller coaster, you you go on it though and you think it's a really fun time. Your stomach drops and you get all giddy and you laugh and all that sort of stuff and then you scream and then it's done. But the reason that that's fun is that you know why that's happening and you have agreed to it beforehand and it's a very controlled feeling. But if you started experiencing the feelings that you feel on a roller coaster, but you're not on a roller coaster, you're just chilling in class, you would freak out, right? Because you don't know what's happening. So I think labeling an emotion and describing an emotion and trying to get familiar with it, um, even if it's awful, will help you feel a little less scared. And that's what I did is that I knew the feeling, the, the reason that I had, I wanted to binge and purge had nothing to do with food. And so therefore I had to explore the feeling and, and embrace the feeling a little bit and then find better ways to deal with it. And that helped a ton. It helped a whole lot. And knowing that kind of made the food as I was staring at seem a little bit more irrelevant. And then the last reason um, that I didn't binge and purge, which isn't really a reason, it's just a reason why I think I was able to navigate through it, even though it was highly intense and I was literally standing in front of the food and had the perfect opportunity to do so. Um, was because I had years and years of practice not engaging. And I don't want, I could see people using this against themselves of, oh, well, I haven't had years and years of practice, so I can't do it. I, I don't, that's not what I want you to do. I just want to say that years and years of practice help. And every single time I've said no to binging and purging in the past, accumulated to this moment. And every single time you take a vote uh, or you you say no to binging and purging, you're taking a vote to the new neural pathway, right? Of we don't do that anymore. This isn't who we are. And I'm so, so grateful for the past times where I have wanted to binge and purge or I've wanted to engage in purging or I've wanted to, to binge and I, I've said no, even though it's really difficult. And this time probably felt much, much easier than the other times because of that, because of the many times in the past where I've tried and I've struggled and I've made it through, right? And I've gotten back up, all those things. Um, so yeah, I hope this episode was kind of interesting for you talking through about how I went through an urge. It's of course not the same as maybe how you do it, but it was an intense time and I learned a lot from it. And I think uh, if anything, this taught me that, hey, we need to take some breaks and we need to be a little gentle with ourselves and we are going through a lot and pretending that we're not is not helping anyone. Um, yeah. So anyways, otherwise, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll let you go here, I guess. If you are interested in more techniques for not binging and purging. My group coaching program actually has a lot of modules on how not to binge and purge. Um, specific, there's like a whole workshop dedicated to different things you can do to emotionally regulate, you know, um, different ways to release stress and cope with stress. A lot of the group coaching calls, we talk about ways to manage urges. Um, and there's a whole section on intuitive eating. There's a section on... Um, I don't know, random things in recovery, but there's a lot of stuff in there. So if you are struggling, uh, that might be helpful for you. And then um, our private podcast in the group coaching uh, episode was also on giving yourself closure, which I thought was a really interesting episode too. Otherwise, um, I think that's it. Oh, and if you would like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, someone who also understands what it's like to want to binge and purge and has recovered and is living their life, even during stressful times, I'm your girl. You can always book a consult with me at Binge Breakers dot com and find the group coaching program there as well and if you like this episode please give it a rating and review that always helps me out as well all right uh, never give up on yourself my friends bye